tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! You know, this is like our anthem. This is. Girls just want to have fun. And it's another girls' night here at AfterBuzz TV for the IMK After Show. It's What's in a Name Tonight. What's and it is season one, episode seven. And next week's the season finale, I'm pretty sure. They really left it on a cliffhanger tonight. Ugh. Killed me. But you know I was pissed about that. We're going to dive yeah. into okay. that. Don't even get me started. I was so upset that they left it that way. But I'm your host, Danica Kennedy, and joining to me joining me tonight is Char. Hi, I'm Char Jossel. Hey, everybody. And where can they find you on Twitter? At Char Says So. And you can find me on Twitter at Danica Kennedy. And we have our phones right here. If you want to tweet with us, we're looking at them all the time. We're attached to them Literally. It's, all a, the time. it's a problem. It's an epidemic. Yes, always in our hands. So... <laughs> Chat with us. Let us know what you thought of the episode. But first of all, what did you think of the episode? This episode was so personal for me on a number of different um, layers because it really hit home on a subject that a lot of people, a lot of trans people face, and that is getting your gender marker and your name changed. Um, And just to know how difficult it is in the state, like, the way it was framed was, oh, you know, this is one of the better states to be in. And I'm not taking away from that. It, it, California is a great state to be in if you're trans. Los Angeles County is a great county to be in if you're trans. But I just know that from my experience, nothing be- beats Cook County <laughs> in Chicago, Illinois, because it's just it's hurdle after hurdle. And, and watching tonight's episode really kind of made me emotional for a lot of different reasons. I didn't know it was that difficult to make the transition here in California because I'm from here and I kind of grew up in a more like liberal environment. I mm-hmm. went to like an art school and then I moved in San Francisco and lived in West Hollywood. So it's kind of been an interesting like documentary kind of viewing of seeing how it's like so hard to like change when I know so many gay people and trans people here in Los Angeles and I'm like wow I didn't know it was that difficult mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. I thought it was way more like accepting well it is accepting it's just that the laws are like for example with me I got I started my hormones I got my name changed and my gender marker changed all within like 90 days in Chicago and here, you know, and I know that we're going to get to it, but to hear some of the kids at Shandy's uh, blush organization at the hospital say that, you know, out here they may have to wait up to a year and a half to get a court date. It just, it put, this episode put a lot of things into perspective for me. And it, it once again kind of let me know how fortunate I am. Not that I ever complained about anything, but as far as, you know, my trans status and how I've been able to navigate um, a cis-normative, heteronormative world, so to speak, and be okay. And it makes my, my hurdles look like minor hurdles. Yeah. When I, when I, through watching I Am Kate, when I hear people's stories, when I hear people share. 
I wonder if Caitlin's completed the transition, you know, on her ID and stuff yet, mm-hmm. if it says female or male on there, especially with her court case going on for manslaughter, yeah. how she might be going to jail. I didn't think about it's that. It's like, would she go to a male prison or a female prison? And are you allowed to, so to speak, like if you do something as your prior gender, mm-hmm. are you allowed to transition you know, based on the, the law. I don't know if this sounds like a dumb question, but like, are you oh, allowed Bruce to... Bruce did it. Right, it wasn't me. Bruce did it, is, you know, would Caitlyn be... A, or does Caitlyn... I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but... Well, it's confusing because it's like, it's not like the crime didn't happen and it wasn't exactly, the same person. You exactly. can't just, like, wipe it clean. Mm-hmm. So, like, Caitlyn's obviously going to be up for that trial. But yeah. would she be going to a female friend? I don't think she's going to go to jail or prison at all. No, with her kind but of if money she did, I think if she, if she did, I think that she would be headed to a... In the event that she went to a male prison, she'd be in protective custody. Because mm-hmm. I know trans people... Um, if they go to male prisons, typically there's either like a trans unit, like, okay, well, that section of the prison is where the trans people will be, like male to female trans people will be, or they're in like protective custody. Very rarely do you get a Sophia Bursette for all of my orange is the new black yeah, watchers out there. Very I was just rarely gonna do you ask if that's how it is. But Sophia Laverne's character on Orange is the New Black, I believe, I'm almost certain she has her uh, sexual reassignment surgery because that's why she yeah. went to jail for stealing those credit cards and getting all her <laughs> stuff do done. So, but very rarely does that. Ha- I guess if you were to have your vagina, then you would go to. I would imagine them yeah. sticking in a men's prison. <laughs> so it's whatever sexual organ you have down there, I think that's not what what's on by. your ID or what's what's above the waist. It's what's below mm-hmm. the waist that determines what in a lot of states uh, uh, that determines what prison you go to. I wonder what's going to happen with that case. I feel like if she serves any time, it's going to be like a luxurious, like private. Kind I feel of like jail it's going to be settled like out, out of court. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be settled out of court. So crazy with the transition going on. It's like, nope, Bruce did it. Yeah. It happened, like, right when everything was going on with her, too, which Mm -hmm. is pretty crazy timing-wise. Yeah, absolutely. But this episode, man, so much happened. I was like, wait, like, Esther is here, like, your sister is here, and Chris is here, and, like, yeah, visiting all these places. The ESPYs happened. It was kind of, like, so much going on, but then I'm like, it really okay, wasn't anything. Like, where's the juice? It was like all these people yeah. kept showing up and like there was no like crazy conversation that really came up this episode that was that like well, exciting. Well, outside of one thing that really stood out to me um, was Shandy's blush group at the yeah. hospital. And I really liked when they talked about um, the gender marker and things like that. But I also liked how they highlighted interactions with the police mm-hmm. because I've read so many things. Luckily, I've never been in those shoes, but I know people who have, who have been met with such resistance and uh, rebuttal and unnecessary conflict and unnecessary attention from law enforcement. And I just thought that was just, especially with the one girl who shared the story how she was pulled over um, well, well, the guy she was in the car with was pulled over, mm-hmm. and they asked for her ID, and then all of a sudden she was kind of made this spectacle. They were out like of laughing at her. How much did your stuff. breast cost? How much did your wig cost? And all of this stuff, and it just—it literally made the hair on the back of my neck stand up because Ugh. that's traumatizing. That's There's traumatizing. So many, like, cops that are bullies. I feel like yes. they're just like grown up Power bullies trips. from you know high school or middle school yep. that are like 
ready to pick on people and you hear about it all the time especially with the trans community listen it's like do i hear about it all the time, all the time. girl and, it's her past it's the trans community at the rate that i hear it because i mean I'm, i still am black so to police as far as police brutality um that is something that is on the forefront i think that you would agree that yeah. everybody's talking about Everyone's right now because it's happening it. it's so frequently it's crazy but, um, yeah, I really liked when they shared those stories and how the conversation kind of shifts when you ask for my ID and my ID might say M, mm-hmm. but I'm presenting as F. And and just, you know, it's like, come on, dude, you're here to protect and serve. And I'm, I'm a human being. I'm one of the people that you're supposed to be protecting. If you're going to... Transness typically does not go in the line of questioning mm-hmm. for whatever is going on. So if you're pulling my boyfriend or whatever over, you ask for my ID, my status, my trans status shouldn't have anything to do with the traffic violation. No. Or like the, the other, the guy. That's not the problem. Right. The trans man who said that, you know, when he would show his ID and it still said F on it, all of a sudden everything shifted to ma'am. And kind of like these microaggressions. Like you see that I am... You know, it's not safe to assume, okay? I just want to put that out there. Just because he was walking around with the mustache and things like that, and you come across that idea that say, says F, it's not safe to assume that, you know, he is trans, because you don't know. There are some women with mustaches, if we're going to be, you yeah. know. People present <laughs> different sure. ways. There's different... But I've made same, that mistake before, and I felt I really bad about it, where I, I thought too. someone was trans, and they weren't, and I, I have felt too. so guilty. I was at a book signing in Chicago, and I said something like, she's in my seat, but the person presented as gender non-conforming, and they went by the pronouns they and them and things like mm. that, which is still, even as a trans person, I'm that's still so learning. That's so hard, because... I'm still yeah, learning, so... That's the one that I'm always going to mess up, I feel like. Gender, I'm with, still like, with learning GNC. with it. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, even when she said that, that I felt that that the way that she framed that in her storytelling was kind of like a microaggression with them keep referring to her as ma'am, 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 miss, miss, miss. It's just, I don't know. It just, um, like I said, it put things in different perspective. Not that I've been blinded to it, but every time things like that get presented to me, it puts me in a really emotional space because it's just so unnecessary. Well, and it's like, why can't you just like call the person what they want to be called mm-hmm. and you can tell most of the time or they'll correct you or tell you right. if they want to be called a certain way or a mm-hmm. certain thing, you know? But speaking of that, I think it's so crazy to me. I think it's wild that like a lot of trans people don't support gays and a lot of gays don't support trans people. Not that they're the same, but especially the like same. Caitlin, like with the whole Ellen thing, bringing well, that I wanted, up. I want to clarify like, clarify your statement because on in my experiences, mm-hmm. it's been more so gays not supporting trans than trans not supporting gays, yeah. honestly. I've heard that a lot, actually. Yeah. So, my thing with that is, I mean, I know that you were about to touch on, if in case anyone missed it, Caitlin premiered, um, she had an appearance on Ellen's new season premiere. It has yet to air, I believe. I think yeah. it starts on the 14th. But there have been teasers that have been dropped, and in which one of them, Caitlin, states that she was on the fence about saying sex marriage and people have been up in arms about this which is understandable and the only reason why I understand it is because I don't see how someone who is a part of a community that is being oppressed part of a marginalized disenfranchised community can be so comfortable in oppressing another group of people I've never been able to understand that and that Mm -hmm. goes hand in hand with 
you know, transphobic gay people. You're part of an oppressed community, and you want to do the oppressing? That makes no That doesn't add up. It's like doesn't, an oxymoron of a human being. It, it confuses me. And that's the thing every week, and I know I've brought this up like every week as well, but the fact that Caitlin's so conservative mm-hmm. just like boggles my mind. Like so close minded. And mm-hmm. I feel like she's like voting against herself and is really like almost against gays even though she is gay now because she's a woman and yes. she likes women and yes. I think she kind of can't she really wrap her head around the fact that she's gay. She doesn't want to call herself gay. Right. Because I feel like that, that would be a double whammy for her. I'm trans and gay. But she but is. It is. I'm about to say it is and I also want to clear up that what I just said, that's not to say that Caitlyn can't be a conservative trans woman. That doesn't mean that she can't have a mind of her own. It just is interesting to me as a spectator for this person who is in the public eye, like I said, in a community that is so often and and continuously oppressed Mm -hmm. for her to be doing the oppressing and not catch that, not acknowledge that. I think that's my issue. Acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? I still feel like she's not wrapping her head around all these stories as well and how hard the transitions are for many people. But I'm glad that they're showing that she's listening to these stories and it's great to hear them ourselves as well. I think that Caitlin is still, to this day, looking at the trans community as they. Mm -hmm. She doesn't see herself as part of it. She Mm -mm. sees herself as like... A Kardashian in her own little palace or something like I that. I feel like she feels like she's a separate she's entity and she's still mentally a cisgender white man benefiting from all of the privilege that comes with that. And she does not realize, like, sis, mm-hmm. you're not that anymore. And you don't get to nope. reap those benefits because... You're a trans woman now. It's different. It's very different ball game. Very, very different, different lifestyle. Game. Very different. Even with all of her access to all of her resources and all of her funds, it is still fundamentally a very, very different ball game. Mm-hmm. Especially with the media and mm-hmm. everything going on, which I loved seeing all the SB stuff. Even though watching the show, I'm kind of like, oh, this happened so long ago because I keep up with all of it yeah. on social media. Yeah. But Man, she had a lot of people there. That was, you know what? Like I, half the I whispered crowd. to Danica <laughs> when we were watching the show. I whispered to Danica and I said, I wonder how many tickets that she got because she brought the cast of I Am Kate mm-hmm. and all of her kids. And so not to many mention, it's just so many. It's a big family. It, that is a big family. But, you know, as far as the ESPYs are concerned, I was really, really, I'm so glad her mom was able to make it. To be 89 and to break your uh, hip. And of all times for for Esther Jenner to break yes. her hip. You just had to break it right before this groundbreaking speech. And I just thought that Caitlin's speech, literally, when I watched it, there was nothing to pick apart. And that is what I put on social media, if you all follow me on Twitter and Facebook. I literally felt through that 11-minute speech mm-hmm. that Caitlin... I don't know if she had people help her write it, if she wrote it herself, but she literally touched every base in that speech that mm-hmm. made her kind of above critique. The speech was phenomenal. It Everyone was phenomenal. loved it too. Like when she gave that speech, I remember social media it was blew phenomenal. up and everyone was just posting like how she's the biggest hero and I thought it was phenomenal as well. I actually she covered got the every chills. Base. I was like, "Uh, 
Don't she lose covered, it. You she know? covered every base as far as like the bullying. I can take it, but consider, you know, who you're bullying. She talked about trans women of color, which of course, as a trans woman of color, um, I don't know if you all are aware of the statistics, but we are the fastest, um, we get murdered the most. I don't know how to frame that. I don't know if I just wow. lost my <laughs> I was but, like, whoa. No, we <laughs> but, do. Yeah. Out of, out of the LGBT community, trans women of color face the most adversity. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe there have been 20 women, trans women, that have been murdered this year, and 18 of them have been of color. Mm. That breaks my heart. So, yeah, beginning of the year was horrible. It was like one every week. So um, for her to acknowledge that, and I know that she did that in the Sawyer piece, too, that really means um, a lot to me, being a trans woman and of color, being a black trans woman, because it's a totally different ball game. And so I could go into it, but we don't have enough time. But you all know the systematic things set up and designed for people in particular shoes to not necessarily succeed. Mm-hmm. So there are there are things built by society fundamentally for disenfranchised groups of people to stay where they're at. So they have to resort to dangerous activity to survive. They have to resort to life threatening activity to survive. And that's all the stories that they've been happen. sharing. Yeah, I mean, Caitlin is a very different case compared to most, and. I mean, it seems like you haven't had it nearly as bad as some of the stories we've heard no, on the show I've at had all. It, I've but had it thankfully, um, I was like, "Was easy. it that bad at all?" Or have you had any friends that have had it as rough? I or? know people. I don't have any friends, but mm-hmm. I know people. But I, I, like I said, it makes me so so grateful, and it makes me. Um, really, really acknowledge. I'm forced to acknowledge the place of privilege that I do come from because I do have a very supportive family, mother and father. Um, all of you know, my sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles. I have a very good support team around me as far as friends. I have a college degree. Like all my, like I have literally been set up to just everybody is team Shar and to Hell yeah. to witness that thanks Danica <laughs> to witness you know people go through to have a front row seat to it to to be forced to hear these stories it it's heartbreaking it, it really breaks is. my heart too some of them are horrible I mm-hmm. mean especially talking about like all, all the sex work that people have just like had to go into and things like that because mm-hmm. they won't be hired at other jobs and they just can't get another job and yeah. they need money and they're desperate and yeah. they start selling drugs and it's just like it's a dark path for some of these people that don't have the money and they're saving up all their money to, you know, mm-hmm. do this transition that is so expensive. Yeah, and just to even just to pay the for light a lot bill. Of people, yeah. I can't think of her URL, but um Angelica Ross, A N G E L I C A Ross on Twitter. Visit her Twitter page. She actually wrote an essay in rebuttal to I am Kate because she was kind of pissed at the way that they edited the conversation. I think it was like episode two with the humans, human rights campaign. Hmm. And they kind of framed her as like the angry black woman in sex work, but she talked about so much. You know, she's the CEO of her own company. Yeah. Transsex they edited social. to that, of course. Yeah. So if you all get a chance, hearts. right. If you all get a chance, make sure you slide on over to her Twitter handle and go check out her essay. I think the Huffington Post published it as well. And she really just dissects how kind of disappointed she is in Caitlyn. Only because Caitlyn is the executive producer of this show. And yeah. the conversation was so deep. And so to reduce her down to that narrative of kind of like the angry black woman who only did sex work when she has so much going on. Like, 
Are you kidding? She's Wait. the CEO of her own. She's an entrepreneur and a CEO. Hello. Of course, though, for but the reality didn't... show, they amp up the drama. Exactly. They cut it down, make it all about But if Kaylin, you're going to do that, Kaylin, then you got to. show. I feel like there's a balance. So mm-hmm. if you're going to show her past, make sure you show about. Show that when she's, she's successful about. now. Exactly. Not just like, this is what trans people are really like. Exactly. And you're lucky because that's all they showed. Not like, oh, all these women are like wildly successful exactly. as well. Make her someone else's pot. She's one of my possibility models. Her and Janet Mock. Shout out to the both of them. But make her someone's possibility model through the TV to show someone out there who is trans, who might be doing sex work to survive, that that is not necessarily the end all be all. Yeah, you can be and more you can than get that. out of it yes. and move on mm-hmm. and be successful. It's mm-hmm. such an important message, especially compared to some of the things Caitlin's saying here and there. Oh my God. Which, <laughs> I mean, uh, I work in the entertainment industry. I talk mm-hmm. about Caitlin all day, every day. I'm getting a little burnout. Yeah. Um, because there's some things where I'm like, what are you doing? But I do love this show and I love how she's like been such a hero and like really taken on this role for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, kind most of forced part, into the kind role. Of forced into it, but she's doing a good job at it. And I wonder if it's going to like be this way where she's kind of this hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's always going to be this hero, but like center of attention or if she's going to kind of like more retire and hermit out and not really I feel have like a she's show gonna in a while. Retire. I'm just thinking like she likes when... her privacy too much and she's True. Oh, she's 65. I mean, that's what I would do if I had all that money and I was that old. I would totally just like hermit in that house or, you know, collect the check from this mm-hmm. show then go do that. But I could totally see her like the next Olympics, you know, who's carrying the torch. Yeah. Kaylin Jenner is not a bad option. Just saying. Yeah. Like, I'm sure she's going to be a huge role model in this community for a long time. And it's crazy how she kind of got shoved into it in a way. But she took mm-hmm. on the role by doing this show. Yeah. And yeah, I so love that she's showing so many so many other stories besides her own and, like, you know, visiting all these groups and camps mm-hmm. and, I don't know, kind of putting the spotlight on things that are important yeah. that people need to know about. I'm learning so much from this show, Me too. too I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know Me they too. had this or this is what was happening here. Mm-hmm. And it's very shocking to me, a lot of it. Another point that I thought was really, really interesting was when, oh, I hope I'm not butchering your name, Drian oh, yeah. Juarez. Drian or Drian. Yes, Something from the like LGBT that. Center, she brought over uh, the papers for Caitlyn to begin the process for her gender marker change. And I love how she brought up um, in the state of California, I guess they just recently maybe made more avenues um, as far as access for people to get their gender marker changed because they really do want you to have your gender confirmation surgery, yeah. which kind of makes it hard. It's expensive is, to do that. I believe that's the most expensive surgery. That's so expensive. Do you know, like, ballpark how much it is? I don't. I don't. But I know you have to have a ton of money to do that. You do. You do. And each state has its own regulation. In Chicago, no. All you need is your letter of passage from your doctor and go on down to the DMV (laughs) and you get (laughs) that F or that M Mm -hmm. on your um, papers. But California, I know that we were talking about this just kind of... It took years for some of these people. That's still just... That's crazy to me. A long time. That's a long transition. It's like your new birthday. You want it to be like, okay, a couple months, let's do this. Mm A couple weeks, 
And it, and it does you get it done, you know. I love also when Caitlin sat down with D and Jenny Boylan. Yeah, I thought that that what an interesting couple and an interesting conversation. Yeah, interesting conversation. I think that I didn't know how we were just talking about how we learn things. Jenny Boylan, I believe she said three fourths out of marriages they stay together. Three fourths of the marriages with trans people. They stay together. That doesn't shock me that much because I think most people kind of know a little bit. Me they too. can kind of tell. Like, I feel like seeing Caitlyn now compared to Bruce, it's not that big of a shock anymore. Because when I TV, think about like, it, mm-hmm. when I mean, I've been watching this family for a decade, they've mm-hmm. been on for so long now, and Bruce was always, you know kind of trying to grow out his hair and Chris was yelling at him and Remember like that episode trying to try the on the dresses and yeah the makeover I don't know I feel like he always he was kind of in the background like I want to put on makeup too and, and join the family and like really sad and, and quiet grumpy. sitting in the bathroom where like you know the makeup's done yeah. just watching TV and like looking back I'm like okay it's not that big of a surprise really like when you think about and it and if we could clock clues, it through the TV you know Chris Chris knew Chris knew I believe that she did um, but Caitlin's relationship with her mother is one that is really really refreshing to see especially considering Esther's age yeah because different so, generation it's so I remember being in high school and we used to have these LGBT meetings um, and I would hear these stories of people getting kicked out oh my grandmother read my diary she found out I'm a lesbian and she threw all my shit out type you know so to speak and now I'm living with my friend on the couch and all of this so to see Esther like I said who is 89 be so open and to really love her child unconditionally love and accept her child unconditionally and mm-hmm. I guess she realizes there's really nothing she can do there Caitlin isn't. is a grown ass woman grown ass bill paying tax paying woman and there's in really her nothing 60s extra. and if I were in the sunset of my life like Esther I wouldn't want to end on a bad note so yeah. that could be another thing because who's to say that if this was 20, 40, 60 years ago that she would be so accepting and open but she's 89 and she knows you know what she knows what's up she didn't even talk that much this episode I mean they well, talked her about her getting hurt but in the earlier episodes where they featured her she was like I'm just always going to see Bruce. I see my son. I see yeah. Bruce, which is understandable for a mom to say it, yeah. especially a mother like out of anyone. Pass, they kind of get that. a pass more because they gave birth to you, you know? Right. But um, They knew you before you knew yourself. And it was the first time that she met Caitlin at that point yeah. in that episode. So I'm sure she's kind of come to terms with it more And now. you know what? She seems more accepting. Yes, I was just about to say, she seems so open because she mm-hmm. sat down with Candace and Shandy and all this conversation. All of them were she sitting had, together, the whole she family. She had all of this. And Zachary, shout out to Zachary. Um, <laughs> I like Zachary. Zachary is the one that cast me for Glee. She's a casting agent. I was on the nice. in the choir episode with this final season, I think it's episode seven. Sharna has so many girls on this show, and <laughs> I'm do. like, are these girls really friends with Caitlyn? No, that I don't. We know, don't really know. I know but that they're all fantastic women. I know Zachary, Jen all Richards, part of the community, Jen very successful. Yes, but um, I thought it was so interesting how Esther was really, really engaging in in these conversations and asking the questions. Like she's such an open book, and that's refreshing mm-hmm. to see that she's still thirsting for information and a better understanding as uh, as far as to what is really going on. That she's asking these questions and she wasn't just being dismissive or kind of standoffish like she seemed that like she genuinely wanted to know the answers to these questions you know yeah 
I thought it was so interesting going back a little bit to see seeing D with Jenny. Like, yeah, that relationship was so fascinating to me. And I mean, I just said like it's not that shocking that people stay together because they probably kind of know a little bit, but. I just like was wondering. I'm like, do they are they still like super romantic? I don't know. There was just an interesting couple. You to know what see. I thought was interesting. D said the understanding didn't come immediately, but the support was always there. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just her coming from her human standpoint, or I believe she's a sociologist. Mm-hmm. It might have come from there. But what I was telling Danica off camera, is, D's a social worker. A social worker. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I were to see D and Jenny Boylan out in public. I would think that they were sisters, or I would yeah. think possibly nothing BFFs. romantic <laughs> crossed my mind. I see, like, I could see them being roommates very much. Oh, there's <laughs> Dorothy and there's Blanche type thing. Like, I don't, I wouldn't have clocked, like, oh, there's a lesbian couple. Yeah. They just seem like such good friends. Like, they the seem foundation. like BFFs just chilling, yes. hanging out. But like the foundation of their relationship is friendship, which. I mean, we could all that could be that needs to be the foundation of everybody's relationship. You need to be in love with your best friend. Definitely. <laughs> That's the goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I really I thought it was interesting uh, watching their dynamic and mm-hmm. hearing what D had to say as far as how she at, at first was of course like on some days, don't ask me for makeup tips, don't ask for my jewelry, don't ask to we're not going to be sharing clothes, but now she's wearing Jenny's clothes and she was so yeah. um she was kind of like hellbent on not taking on the narrative of being like the bitter ex. And I don't know if I shared this story on here when I, I, I did, I did the Oprah story about mm-hmm. the woman that I worked with and, um, her sister's husband transitioned and the, the woman who I work with feels as if the media never sheds light on how, the, the spouse feels or the ex-spouse or things like and that. And sometimes it's, all it's about harder for them. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, Caitlin's family. It seems like some of the kids are having a harder time than yeah. she is with it. I mean, it's, it's probably hardest for the person. Well, not hardest for them because they're actually trying to be and being who they've been all along. Yes. And it's like a relief, I would but imagine, I more than anything. I get but. it, so to speak, because even as, you know, a trans woman, if my father came to me and told me that he was trans, I would have a really hard time with that. Yeah, and I'm not, a, a I'm not afraid change. or ashamed to say that. I know that I would struggle with that. It's even still a in, shocker, too. Yeah, yeah. I was, or my mother mm-hmm. came and was like, you know, I'm a trans man, so does, I would have a... A very, it's making me emotional thinking about it because I know that walking in these shoes isn't easy, mm-hmm. but I know that I, <laughs> I would struggle. I know I would struggle with it. No, I totally get it, though. I mean, it's a big change for, like, anyone to go through, especially if it's, like, your parent or something yeah. like that. And sometimes I really feel for, like, Kendall and Kylie. Like, I hope that they're dealing they with it okay. okay. They seem to be fine, though. I Even mean, if they're not dealing with it okay, their public front they look is great. a good one. They look great. <laughs> they seem to be okay. Like, they've had plenty of uh, private conversations. But I loved... The only thing that pissed me off about this episode is the way that they teased the Chris conversation. It killed me. That's who I really want to hear from. I want Okay, so they've been teasing this the last couple weeks. Like three weeks. And every week I'm like, okay, I'm really excited to see Chris next week. And I thought like half this episode was going to be their conversation. And all they said was like, hey, 
Nice shoes. Sit down. I brought you cookies. So... And that cheese tray, oh my god! Continued that cheese tray, oh my gosh! If we, we have that right now with like <laughs> the white wine. Yeah, I'm like oh. the white wine, cheese, grapes, and cracker. That it's tray inspiring. looked divine. Sunday evening. I mean, <laughs> that tray looked divine. But yes. I was very, very pissed about that. I feel like next week because it's the finale, they're going to do that. It's going to be half the episode with Chris talking to Caitlin, and then the other half with Chris having that party with Boy George celebrating her official name. I mean, Caitlin having that party with uh, Boy George celebrating her official name change mm-hmm. and things like that which you know just piggybacking off of that I thought that was so interesting that Caitlyn had all of her work done and stuff and didn't have her gender marker or her name change because I just assumed yeah. that before the surgeon went in with the scalpel that she at least had her name changed I feel like the image with the plastic surgery makeup and what to wear came before anything else for her. I feel like she didn't hang out with any transgender women or men. Or men. Or really talk to anyone about it or figure out like she jumped in the official name change legally and stuff. She was just like I wanna be a girl and like did that and now she's like doing everything else after, which is Interesting. I would. It's think interesting it watching it in way. reverse because I don't think anyone's ever seen this, honestly. Because a lot of no trans people don't have way, access usually. to those resources to do that. They to call just get expensive plastic surgery. Like the that. slang is Caitlin the slang that I heard too. is called a microwave girl, like because mm. she was popped in the microwave and three minutes later she came out as Caitlyn. Exactly. So it's interesting to see someone who's never been in the community who's never tried to even understand the community even prior to transition. Even before like Bruce was speaking all over the place but never right. for that community or for, never like, even like I said to our, and knowledge, and- to our knowledge never even privately wrote a check yeah. To benefit, you know what I'm saying? So it's interesting watching someone who has essentially reached what a lot of trans people consider the finish line kind of backtrack. It's like you hit the finish line because you have all of your surgeries. You look fabulous. You look good. Your closet. Donatella Versace's throwing you just uh, stuff left and right. You're getting purses before they're on the market and she's designing gowns for the SPs. and you're getting all of this stuff. You have Angelina Jolie's designer was right. at her place too. I'm just like, uh, and now it's like kind of like she's backtracking. It's crazy to me that you wouldn't like do the research on that first. I'm like, prior to even the Sawyer interview, well, you like, didn't do your you didn't do your uh, research. It just was like a microwave girl. But like, it, it's interesting because it typically goes in the other order. It typically goes in, okay, I got my name changed, my gender changed, I started on hormones. Okay, now I'm going to get breasts. Now I'm going to do, you know, for some people, because yeah. not all trans women want breasts, not all trans women want vaginas. It, they come in different shapes, flavors, and sizes, so to speak, <laughs> not to be taken out of context. Ladies. But it's interesting watching her, like I said, do this kind of like decline, so to speak. Because it's like, you got all of this. Th- you busted through it's on like Vanity Fair. you busted through just like, bam, here I am, sexy. It's almost like, like getting the diploma. for an ex, you know? It's almost like getting the diploma and then going back to freshman year. Yeah. It's interesting. Is that a good analogy? I mean, I just love that she's so into that stuff that, like, the whole time building up to before Chris is coming, she's, like, getting glammed up and it's, like, gotta look hot to see my ex, too. You are a Kardashian. Everyone wants to look hot when they run into their ex, but, of course, it's, like... I think I would have been a little bit more demure for the conversation. I think that I... I don't know. I don't know if Caitlyn should have gotten all glammed up, so to speak. She could have been yeah. in, a, in a more relaxed setting. 
you know. I it agree, but she is a Kardashian. She is. Even though I'm like, I know you want to just chill. Girl, it shows <laughs> vulnerability if she were to be there, you know, just not even in her natural state, but, you know, maybe a tasteful ponytail or even still with her hair down and like a V-neck and some, like very relaxed. But she got dressed up like, like she's about to like I'm going to a red carpet right be now in the in the Bloomingdale's catalog, fierce. you know, yeah. <laughs> glammed up so. all the time. But I mean, if I had that money, too, I feel like that would yeah. be my casual clothes as well. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. no big deal. Donatella Versace. My BFF. I can't wait for next week, though. Uh, it's I know gonna we don't be do predictions, so crazy. Do you have any predictions, though? I don't. I Chris? feel like, well, aside from what I said earlier when I said, I think they're going to spend half of the episode with Chris, or at least mm-hmm. a solid 20. They better. With Chris. I feel like we, as viewers, deserve at least 25 minutes of Caitlyn Chris interaction. They've we been building this that. up, so they better have a good long chat. E, do not make me mad, okay? <laughs> I don't know which camera I'm looking at. I'll just do both. Do not make me mad. We need at least 25 solid minutes of this conversation, because like you just said, Danica, they have been building it up for like a month So now. much hype. So, killing us. And I feel like, um, yeah, the second half of the episode will be all the drama is done. It's all going to be celebratory. Yeah. Big last episode, but finale. I'm excited to see it. I think there will be a little drama, though. I think that Chris is going to cry. She does. She does. And I think in the preview, they showed her like starting to tear up and she was like, she's so what about everything we had together? Like, what about everything we went through? And that's what I kind of mean. Like, it's harder for the people around the person transitioning sometimes because it's like, oh my gosh, we were married for so long and we had kids and all these things. And it's such a shocker probably, but Chris is such a peacock. She's such a, a showboater. So I'm sure that there is a big, big, big element of embarrassment here mm-hmm. because remember I don't know if you follow the Kardashians as thickly as I do oh I do but remember when her and Bruce first hooked up it was like this whirlwind romance and she went from the successful attorney to the Olympian type thing like she's always been kind of like that showboat type woman yeah. which nothing is again you know nothing's wrong with that but and she got she had the dream life the dream house the dream they literally had the Brady Bunch Bruce had three boys and a girl yeah. Chris had three girls and a boy. And then, you know, together they gave us Kendall and Kylie. So there is a big, 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 big element of embarrassment that I think that Chris is feeling because it's like, this is not how it was supposed to be imagined. It's not, it's not what she set it out to be. And I think yeah. that is, that um, is one of the components. It wasn't part of her plan exactly. for their image. It wasn't part of her vi- vision. And I'm sure it wasn't part of She has like a vision board and she was like, wait, that wasn't part of it. I'm sure it wasn't part of Caitlyn's either. But I, I see, it's not hard for me to shift perspective and see why this would be very, very hard for someone in Kris Jenner's shoes. Like, I oh, get yeah. it. I get it. Definitely. Especially, like happening so fast. I mean, I feel like it all happened very quickly. Yeah. For even us viewers, we're like, wait, what? Vanity Fair? Like, the show is very intense, and of course, I'm imagining Chris being like, hey, can I get, like, an endorsement deal out of this, or, like, get a chunk out of this? Yeah. I don't know. Well, there were jokes when the Vanity Fair article first came out saying that, you know, don't sleep. Chris manages Caitlyn. I don't know if that's true. Does she really? I don't don't think so. I mean, they're divorced. 
I mean, I, I, I guess it wouldn't be that shocking, but I wouldn't. I don't think so. That. I don't but think I thought so. it was funny how people framed that like, don't sleep, don't feel too bad for Chris because Caitlyn's the newest client. Like, yeah. Which Chris, no, if you're watching you and if money. you're interested. I'd love for oh you to manage gosh, me. Oh my gosh, please be my momager, <laughs> my manager, whatever. I'd that love would be for amazing. You to manage me. I would love some endorsement deals, Kardashian styles, and mm. just to get my makeup done like that. I want to come in, maybe like for season finale, I'll try to do my makeup. I like, mean, we talked about this. You know, like, we could come trying to look like Kylie Jenner. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much makeup. But. I'm kind of scared to do it because I know I won't do a good job. Like mm-hmm. how their makeup artists are. Spend fifty dollars at Mac and Just tell them like, to make me look like Kylie. Contour the crap out of my face right now. Yes. <laughs> Cheekbones. <laughs> so fabulous. But um I'm trying to think of what else is gonna happen next episode. I mean, they're gonna just probably wrap up everything. Mm-hmm. We shall see, I guess. But where can they find you on social media? Oh, I'm Char Says So on everything. That is Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, Char Says So, all S's. And you can find me online at Danica Kennedy and chat with us online. Let us know what you think of this episode, what you think the finale is going to be like, if you agree with us, disagree with us, whatever. We We want to know. We genuinely do. I love interacting with you all. So do not be shy. I do not bite. Do not be shy with us. And I'm so excited for next week. Yay. Finale. (sighs) All right. See you guys later. Thanks for watching. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 